Hey guys, welcome to episode one of the Zenway podcast. My name is Zenway. I will be the host of your podcast, obviously, because of the name. <laughs> but you know, first of all, a little bit about me. Since this is episode one, uh, I, my name is Zenway. I am uh, currently on a career break after spending three years in a mental health tech company. And prior to that, I I actually spent you know quite a number of years in in consulting and also in banking. But surprise, surprise, my bachelor's uh, degree was actually in psychology, which is something I'm going to cover a little bit about. Uh, a little bit more uh, during this episode around how did I actually end up right uh, being in a social sciences you know ended up being in health tech uh, in general right so that's that's what I'm going to be covering a little bit uh, but you know as after after spending more than 10 years uh, you know in my short uh, career I realized that uh, there are actually some uh, curiosity itch that I needed to scratch for myself and you know podcast was a very interesting medium for me because I, I came across so many uh, long form audio and obviously some video uh, formats that were really really fascinating because they are they are able to kind of go into uh, quite a bit of that right uh, so this podcast generally is going to be covering uh, things that I am interested in uh, for example in organizational psychology and culture and mental health uh, and tech as well because you know I really is uh, I self-proclaimed I self-proclaimed geek right so I dabble a lot into uh, you know, technology, really trying to understand what are the different uh, usage and, t- uh, and, and, and uh, use cases as well. Uh, if you are like me, uh, you probably are curious about quite a few things, right? So in general, today you might be uh, uh, interested in about fitness, around how you can change your habit. Tomorrow you'll be uh, wondering how to get that promotion. So same thing as me, right? Um, so uh, that's, that's really what the podcast is going to be. I'm just going to be covering what fascinates me. So uh, I'm, besides covering the career uh, aspects of you know, how I ended up in a, in a tech job, I'm also going to be talking a little bit about how I am going to be building this podcast moving forward. I wanted to experiment uh, with the concept of building in the open. Uh, I find this fascinating because uh, of you know, some, some concepts that I've covered uh, over, over the years right, in my career, which is operational transparency, which is giving people insight into you know, how you operate. And generally speaking, people would appreciate some level of transparency. Like for example, uh, if you are ordering a pizza, for example, it used to be that you wonder where your pizza is, but today you know, we take it for granted that you know exactly uh, where your pizza is, right? whether it's on the way, whether it's five minutes away, you, uh, that is actually operational transparency. So I wanted to kind of give you uh, an insight in terms of how I um, generally struggle to really just hit record today and up until uh, hopefully being able to kind of publish a few episodes down the road as well. In terms of scratching my own itch, I generally, when I pondered about starting a podcast, uh, it's kind of like quite cliche because everybody seemed to have their own podcast. Uh, I think my wife sent me a, a kind of like a meme talking about how uh, starting a podcast today is kind of like in the '90s, like hey, we should get, we should, we should, we should start a band, right? Uh, but I really was fascinated about uh, podcast as a channel or as a medium because it allows you to kind of get really into depth in various topics. I came across so many uh, amazing episodes, which hopefully I'll be able to kind of share with you some, uh, share with you uh, some point down the road as well. Uh, so. When I started uh, to, to even think about you know, having a podcast uh, was really, I think, my 
uh, dabbling into really conducting talks, right? Uh, being able to kind of cover various aspects uh, throughout my career. Uh, and I, I find that, you know, being able to kind of share and, you know, uh, uh, you know what I have learned uh, is the best way to learn myself as well, right? They, they do say that the best way to learn is to teach. Uh, and I find it uh, to, to be very true. Uh, as I was growing up, uh, I find that, you know, being able to kind of share my knowledge and being able to really just mentor uh, the, the, the youth uh, is really very rewarding as well. So I wanted to kind of... Uh, be able to see whether this platform will be something that I'll be able to share uh, some of my insights as well. So I think uh, from there, I realized that, you know, let's try and kind of put myself out there and, and, and just try this whole creating uh, content in general. So fast forward, uh, thinking about it for, you know, generally speaking, a few years before I hit record, uh, I've spoke to uh, my friend who started So This Is My White podcast, uh, Linya, shout out to Linya, who uh, had a coffee with me, uh, I think probably a year and a half, perhaps two years ago, and really just sharing her learning back then in terms of you know, how did she host her, her, her shows and how did she actually invite and never, never truly uh, you know, afraid of no's, right? So I think she shared uh, with me those, those insights and I, I still didn't start. <laughs> I remember that uh, at that point of time, uh, she said that, you know what, you just got to get, you know, one to five items down, right? And one of it was really getting a domain, uh, getting your name started and really just start uh, researching what kind of uh, style do you want? Is it one person? Is it a two person? I remember going down the rabbit hole for a while and really bought a domain uh, and thought that my so-called niche was going to be something else, right? Uh, and after that, what happened really was uh, work just took over, like just so many of us, right? Work and, you know, life just took over. Uh, you know, I worked in a startup, which is, you know, extremely uh, challenging and consuming. Uh, it was a really, really small, uh, we had a really, really small team and therefore, you know, it didn't allow me to really just have, spend amount of time uh, to do this, right? Uh, I contemplated a very amount of time to really just revive the project because, hey, you know, I bought a domain. You imagine really just, it wasn't, it wasn't a lot of money, but I spent like, you know, uh, uh, some money to really just, and buy a domain to and, and set up a name, right? I decided on a name um, and thought to myself, right, perhaps this would be, uh, you know, keeping myself accountable. Uh, but I guess like many of us, we bought stuff to start a hobby and never really finish it, right? Uh, and I started to kind of have questions about to myself, really, that uh, do, do I want this enough? Because the common challenge towards inaction or procrastination is really that perhaps you just didn't want it enough or uh, the, the, the whole goal setting uh, cliche where you know you need you, perhaps you didn't paint a very explicit picture of uh, what you really want and what you envision and how exciting it would be but for me at this at that point of time I was just tired you know like I was I was handling uh, you know quite a bit of uh, uh, aspects of the company you know ranging from operation service de delivery product management uh, you name it right in, in, in the startup so I was pretty consumed uh, coupled with really life events like moving house you know, uh, you know getting married and things like that right uh, so a lot of along the years it was just a lot of uh, I guess excuses and also really real reasons for not starting this. So fast forward until today, uh, what actually kind of propelled me to start record was really that uh, I wanted to uh, take a career break after three years being in 
uh, a fast move, fast paced kind of company. It was really exciting for me, uh, being able to kind of develop my career uh, in in that aspect. Uh, but after settling down, you know, there was there's a, a lot of moment of reflection. Uh, after working for 13 years, uh, you you tend to realize that. Uh, you, it's it's good to really just slow down and, and reflect upon uh, upon a lot of things, right? Uh, and I realized that perhaps this is the best time for me to be able to have that creativity outlet as, as much as, you know, taking rest uh, uh, to, to really kind of just start something fun. Uh, I wanted this to be fun, so hopefully this will be fun. Uh, so I think that's what kind of like restarted the project. And uh, the next thing you know, I was revisiting the niche that I thought about uh, a few years ago. A few years ago, I think the niche was really that, you know, I'm fascinated about various things. I think curiosity is probably something that uh, has been with me throughout my years. And that's kind of how, how I landed my, my job, right? Um, being a social science into tech, it's, it's, it's not a direct path, but curios curiosity has allowed me to do so. Uh, but the problem with being curious about many things is that it, it's, it's kind of like contradictory, contradictory to what is being preached out there uh, about having a niche, right? Uh, I've came across uh, saying around the, the riches is in the niches, for example. And until today, I still see a lot of, as I was doing the research for this podcast, I, re I still realized that there are a lot of uh, believers in, in this, right? And there's nothing wrong with that because I do think that you perhaps in the sea of podcasts out there, uh, it, it, it makes sense to have a niche. But I did, it didn't really sit well with me in that sense uh, because I, I didn't really want to just focus on something so soon. Uh, but I felt trapped. And I think I, it became my excuse to not, be, to, to, to not hit record, right? Uh, until I think it was two weeks ago that... I really sat down has, has I have nothing better to do since I'm uh, since I'm on a career break. I started going into like what is my niche, right? You know, it can't be that are there more people out there like me that that you know are just curious about general things. Uh, uh, perhaps you know more inclined in certain areas, but in general we're quite broad, right? And I found that perhaps there is a different angle to this, right? So let me share with you a little bit about uh, what I found. Uh, as well, in terms of, in case you were one, uh, you wanted to start your podcast on, uh, or in in fact any kind of creating content, creating uh, kind of project or, or career, whatever it may be, is that uh, there are a number of people out there that uh, says that don't worry about your niche first, or uh, you are the niche, right? Uh, as cre as 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 cliche as it is, or perhaps it sounds idealistic to you. Yeah, of course, you know these big personalities. They can say that they are the niche. Uh, they they tend to gain a following. But I I tend to think that what they say makes sense, right? And and let me let me tell you why, right? Uh, so there are a couple of people that I uh, I kind of research into. So they were big personalities, of course. Uh, Gary V, right? So he started VaynerMedia, very prominent. Uh, creator and business uh, mind, right? So he always tends to say the right things in, in social media. I don't know him personally, of course, so I don't know whether, you know, does he, does he, does he walk the talk or not, but I tend to agree with a lot of things that, that, that he say around, uh, you know, he tend to dabble in a lot of different things, right? So he, I remember there was an interview that he was having with a young kid uh, that was uh, that's just graduated from, from college and saying that, hey, uh, stop looking for your niche. You are the niche uh, because I... I, I would do things like, you know, 
uh, filming around a garage sale or a junk uh, or a junkyard sale, right? Everybody's been telling him he's crazy, but uh, that got tons and tons of views because it's relatable, right? He's being authentic. He's trying to kind of share what he learned from it. Um, so that kind of start started the kind of like rabbit hole around like, hmm, is this guy? Does he know what he's talking about? Obviously, he's very successful, but does it work for me, right? Then I went, uh, I, I started scrolling down like uh, through the, uh, my, my, I still remember, it was, it was basically just my YouTube feed, right? Uh, talking, just scrolling down and wondered like, how do, how do I find my niche, right? Uh, and then I stumbled upon uh, Ali Abdal, right? So if you, for, for those of you who don't know him, he is, uh, uh, he's viewed as a kind, uh, productivity guru, used to be a medical student, I think a, a really fantastic, brilliant person. I watched a ton of his videos and he was uh, talking about niche as well. He, he said that, hey, don't worry about your niche as well. He said the same thing. Uh, don't worry about niche. Uh, it will emerge itself, right? Just keep going, right? So uh, don't worry about the first few episodes or perhaps, you know, the first, uh, first ton of episodes, I, I believe. Uh, and he didn't think that he was going to be this productivity guru guy person. Uh, until much later on, uh, he basically said that you know some some audience will be able to kind of respond better to a certain point. But the point is, uh, keep trying, and you'll be able to find your niche, right? So I think that is another point of view. Uh, but what really kind of I guess accelerated me towards action was really this guy called Dan Cole, uh, D A N K O E, right? You can you can look it up, look him up on. Uh, you know, on, on the different uh, social media channels. Uh, he put up the, this, this video on title, The Most Profitable Niche Is You. Again, um, very clickbaity. Uh, I, I, I thought, I didn't think too much about it and didn't, I didn't quite know who he was as well, right? So it was just, you know, the, the algorithm doing his, his job. Uh, but what he said was really true. Uh, it, it resonated a lot with me because of how similar the thought process is. Uh, it's, it, it basically validated some of the thinking that I have, right? So he was talking around, um, again, the niche is you. Uh, and why he does that was really that uh, he, wants, he wanted his whole uh, content to reflect what he wants to gain in life. And that makes a lot of sense because uh, it relates to another thought that I, that, that I came across was really that document don't create because that's the easiest way to start, right? Uh, and, and he was talking around how if you map out your life and you try different things to strive towards the ideal life that you want, uh, then eventually you're going to start learning more things, right? You're going to start uh, you know, reading more, trying more things, and all those things are going to be some insights for those people who are just trying out, right? So never undervalue. Uh, where you are in your starting point because there's going to be someone that is probably going to be a step of, a step or two behind you in terms of their journey in life as well uh, or in, in, in their career. So never undermine that. That's number one. Number two is really that uh, in terms of being able to uh, dabble into just various interests that he has and just create a lot of different kind of content that, that, that really genuine relate, genuinely relates to, to himself. And... Uh, and that allows him to be able to create a content creating business eventually. Uh, took years, obviously, to be able to really sell his kind of services, but uh, he didn't, have, didn't quite have a niche, uh, but it was really around him being able to create that personal brand. Uh, and it didn't matter what he was interested in. If he wants to talk about culture, he will talk about culture. If he wants to talk about philosophy, he will talk about philosophy. If he wants to talk about fitness, he will want to talk about fitness. And that kind of fits um, you know, what I want to be 
uh, trying out as well, right? Because generally speaking, uh, I'm interested in, in various areas, right? Namely, organizational psychology, uh, namely tech, mental health, career development, and, and, uh, and leadership and culture as well, right? So culture in terms of, I guess, in an organizational context. Um, politics as well, right? So um, hopefully I'll be able to cover some of it. Um, in terms of you know my fascination in in, in these areas, uh, so you, you, if you look at the uh, the kind of books that I read, it's quite broad as well. Generally nonfiction. I'm sorry <laughs> for those of you kind of expecting some uh, fascinating fiction stories, right? Uh, I was really blessed with you know friends giving me books like for example uh, the the Freakonomics book, right? Uh, I was also generally uh, uh, very very fascinated with Malcolm Gladwell in terms of how he researched his stories as well, in terms of outliers, in terms of uh, Blink, right? That book is fascinating because it talks about uh, gut feel and split-second decisions, right? Um, and, you know, I watched a lot of random videos and one of it was really, uh, as part of my organization, uh, Salim Ismail, he was uh, uh, the author of this book, Exponential, Exponential Organiza uh, Organizations, right? So he covered really cutting-edge stuff, right? Like, for example, uh, one of the talks he was giving uh, uh, in my past career was really that he he talked about how there were already ex there were already experiments with you know uh, sound waves being able to kind of boost your energy level and how uh, the future of energy energy drink competitors uh, is not the energy drink producers themselves but this kind of tech companies right uh, and he talks about how different uh, organizations. Uh, ought to think about competitions, right? Um, so as you can see, it's a broad-ranging stuff. Even the, 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 the videos that I watch and the podcasts that I watch, that, that I listen to are broad-ranging as well. It ranges from uh, very popular tech YouTubers like uh, uh, tech enthusiasts, like, for example, NKBHD, uh, you know, very popular uh, uh, video journalists uh, like, like Johnny Harris, for example, uh, and, you know, podcast people, uh, personalities and authors like Tim Ferriss, for example, uh, they they also kind of like allows me to uh, consume and be curious about these broad ranging topics, right? Uh, so hopefully I'll be able to cover some uh, topics that you would like to listen to. So I'll be perhaps uh, I'm asking you for you know just leaving perhaps you know write into me or perhaps you know leave a leave a comment in wherever you get. Uh, wherever you're consuming this, and I'll cover some of these those topics that perhaps you know I find fascinating as well, and you you find fascinating. If I find it fascinating, we'll cover it, right? Um, that's the beauty of, I guess, naming the podcast the Zen Way Podcast. You know, playing off my name, I can talk about literally anything. Uh, so let's let's try this out for a while and see where we go, right? Uh, yeah. So I guess that's that's really the, uh, I guess what the platform or the podcast is gonna be about. Um, so I'm gonna cover a little bit about uh, about uh, the technicalities of things, right? You know, what am I using to record, for example? You know, what is this? Why am I why am I looking here? You know, and things like that. Uh, so I wanted to really just make sure that I don't overcommit. <laughs> so I'm recording through my phone right now, connecting to a USB mic uh, to this mic over here. This is a Tron Max mic. Uh, you know, bought it for work last time. Uh, really good. I think the audio is probably it's, it's pretty good. Uh, I've I've listened to the samples before, uh, and you know I'm, I the the mic arm or whatever you call it is over here, but it, is, it just doesn't work for whatever setup I have here, right? So that's that. This is a a box that I 
lying around the house. <laughs> That's kind of it. I mean, like everything else that you see here is not a virtual background. It's literally my, my, my study. Um, yeah, so I designed my, my cover arts using everybody's uh, favorite platform, which is Canva. Um, music's probably going to be able to, uh, uh, some open source uh, music clip that you're going to find. I'm going to be hosting the, I'm, I'm trying out this uh, hosting uh, platform for, 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 for podcasts using uh, Podcastle. Uh, using it for the first time, right? So we'll, we'll see how easy it is. I'll probably talk a little bit about Podcastle, uh, how, easy, how, how easy it is to use and things like that, right? Um, yeah, so that's kind of really it in terms of the podcast, in terms of what this platform is really all about. So the next part of this podcast, I wanted to really talk about what's next and, uh, and how is it related to my career as well, right? So I think the next few episodes, uh, it's going to be really talking about people who studied uh, a particular degree, for example, in social sciences, for example, but didn't end up in the field. I find this fascinating simply because I was just... Uh, as one would in a career break to reflect in, uh, upon what they did in the past, right? Really just to uh, either to kind of pat themselves on the back or really just like what the heck happened to my life, I guess. But for me, it's really, uh, uh, I, I find it not a typical path, right? Uh, so I wanted to really just, uh, had a moment to really just share a little bit more with you and find other people that perhaps are in my uh, psychology background as well to 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 share with you as well because I I, I remember that uh, th I have people in my network that number one uh, psychology background undergrad became a so uh, software engineer for example uh, became a m management consultant um, you know became a data analyst in a gaming company for example uh, and you know some people who are doing data science work for example right uh, so these are the people that I that I found. Uh, and I think one more is uh, in e-commerce quite uh, like training people to do e-commerce, right? So very uh, broad ranging kind of stuff, right? So I wanted to kind of take the next few episodes to cover some of that uh, and be able to really not also building it open, uh, experiment with interview types of format, right? Besides me talking to the camera uh, alone. Uh, yeah, so that's going to be the next few episodes. Uh, but let's start talking Let's, let me share a little bit about my career journey, right? As I guess as the opener uh, to the next few episodes as I invite guests to come on uh, the show. So I, I, I mentioned to you that I started with a bachelor's of psychology and um, eventually went into banking for two, three years. Uh, and then I went into consult management consulting in a, a very folk, a, a very... Uh, predominantly digital consulting kind of firm uh, for about six years, then into uh, mental health tech startup space uh, for three years. So you can see that I went from social sciences to financial services to, I guess, professional services or tech, then into, you know, full on into tech and, you know, linking it back to mental health, right, which is kind of like uh, a sweet spot for me. Uh, quite an amazing journey. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, what, dro what drove me to uh, study psychology in the first place. So I remember that uh, in high school, I 
came across quite a lot of stories that were told to me. For some reason, I'm trusted with a lot of stories. I'm very, very blessed with a lot of stories. And uh, I always wonder why people make the, make the decisions that they made, even though from a, I guess, third-person point of view, uh, it caused them so much suffering and it caused them a lot of pain or uh, it just didn't make sense that uh, it wasn't the most logical in my you know, 16-year-old, 17-year-old mind. It wasn't the most logical and the smartest move, right? Uh, and I felt like perhaps I could help people as well, right? So that was the starting point of me starting uh, to wonder uh, whether you know, psychology is, a, is, a, is, is something I should study, right? Uh, on top of that, the, real, the reality is really that you know, being in an Asian uh, family, there is always the stereotype of you needing to get a particular type of uh, career, which is, you know, engineering, lawyer, uh, doctor. Uh, I guess, you know, I wasn't good enough for all those things. And I thought that I did want to go into business and marketing as well. So perhaps what would be really fascinating so that I wouldn't get bored <laughs> was really to go and study psychology, right? Uh, I am very blessed to have family that are extremely supportive, even though they were quite unsure about the outlook of the career for, uh, for psychology, right? So we went to a few career fairs and, and, uh, yeah, and came to realize at that point of time, uh, like, uh, Help University was, uh, back then it was Help uh, University College was the, uh, I guess the number one program in the, in the nation, according to who I can't remember, but, uh, but truly I had an amazing time at, at Help University, uh, learning various subjects, uh, everything that are typical, like for example, abnormal psychology, uh, to their, things that are not so typical, like for example, like forensic psychology and also, uh, sorry, uh, forensic psychology, film psychology, and, and, and so on and so forth, right? So those are extremely fascinating to me. Uh, I still remember the... Uh, the most memorable experiment that we ran uh, because as part of the, uh, the coursework, you, you get to design experiments, uh, psychology experiments to, 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 to mess with people. <laughs> uh, mildly, there's still an ethical board that you need to get past, right? So don't worry about that. Uh, so what we wanted to do in the confines of how we can mess with people's head was really that we decided to test whether if we, your, your olfactory senses will affect your decision making, right? Uh, so what we did was that we packed the entire small little classroom, uh, we bought an oven, uh, we got an oven and famous Amos cookies and heat it up in the room so that it will smell like cookie the entire time. Uh, and if you pass the test, we will give you a cookie or a few cookies. Uh, obviously the control group gets nothing. And see whether it works, right? But I guess, you know, in... Uh, uh, if, you, if you have studied experiments uh, or how people do research and, and experiments, generally speaking, the results will be uh, we can't find anything significant because the sample size is too small, yada, yada, right? Uh, so we didn't find anything significant, uh, but it was fun. It was really, really fun. Uh, so fast forward to, uh, I guess, the final year. I guess I realized that uh, I'm not going to study masters because I realize that counseling, clinical psychology, uh, in order for you to serve the people uh, in this field, it takes a toll on you. It takes, uh, uh, and you know, that's why if you don't know, counselors and clinical psychologists, they, they, sh they all have their own 
counselors or clinical psychologists that are taking care of them, they should. Uh, because it's really taking on that emotional burden of people every single day as part of your job, right? Uh, and I realized <laughs> later on as a psychology uh, undergraduate that, you know, most of the time it's people's life. You don't, you don't prescribe decisions to them. You don't prescribe uh, as much as possible advice to them because it is their life, right? Uh, and I find myself uh, hard. Uh, it, I, I find it really difficult and challenging back then to not project onto people, right? So you, this was me, you know, 19, 19 years old, 20 years old, right? Uh, finding, finding myself hard to kind of project, uh, stopping myself from preventing myself from projecting uh, onto people. Uh, so that probably won't, won't, won't fly really well as a career, right? Uh, even though I, I thought uh, it is a, a very noble, uh, it, it is a, a very noble profession, but uh, it's probably not going to be for me, right? Then I uh, studied organizational psychology, absolutely loved it uh, because it was applying it in the organizational setting. Uh, the, I remember the coursework being quite fun as well because you, you get stuck with uh, a bunch of people that was randomly assigned to your group and you, you, you just got to make it work, right? So I had a lot of fun working that um, and realized that perhaps this is a way for me to be able to still apply my knowledge into the workplace and still get a... Uh, I guess a, a head start in the professional career space, right? So then my entire objective of my, um, my studies was really to kind of rake up different kind of experiences, really, because uh, I realized that I'm never going to be the valedictorian. So what I, what I opted to do instead was to get as, as much practical skills as possible, like, for example, organizing things, right? Project management, uh, you know, being able to kind of you know work with a budget, work with deadlines. You know, being we uh, be able to kind of create something that is tangible. For example, running for for student council and things like that. I thought that those experiences counted, uh, and will be beneficial to me. And I opted to kind of overcompensate on the, on that area. Uh, graduated with not too shabby grades, I must say. You know, second upper class, even though it's not first class. Uh, those experiences really helped me. Because what I have opted to do later on after I've graduated was really trying to kind of get ahead uh, in my career. At that point of time, uh, the mindset was very simple. To be able to get as, uh, as high of a stepping stone that I could get, right? So I started applying for what was very hot back then. I don't know whether today is still a very hot kind of, kind of job, but I started applying to all sorts of management trainee uh, programs, right? Um, and... I remember applying to uh, one of my ex-companies as well, uh, various banks, uh, you know, Maybanks, uh, HSBC, Nestle, all these of all these different kind of companies, right? Uh, because they are known to be able to develop young talents, and they uh, and quite frankly, they pay really well as well. And uh, I thought that I should give it a shot. Uh, the funny thing is, I ended up in uh, in Alliance Bank one of the smallest local bank uh, in Malaysia back then. Uh, we used to say we're the second smallest local bank uh, when, I, when I was still there. Uh, I don't remember applying for them, frankly. Perhaps it was at a career fair or something that I dropped my resume. They called me up and said that, you know what? Uh, come for an interview, right? Uh, but it's going to be a group assessment kind of like a center kind of thing right so you basically they invited like 
perhaps hundreds of people, uh, and perhaps like sh- like like uh, the apprentice or something. You you get shortlisted and then you get selected for the job. Uh, so we did a bunch of like assessments ranging from group activities to presentations and things like that. Uh, and I was the one of the twenty seven or twenty three to be selected uh, out of the entire hundred over. Uh, uh, candidates or more than a hundred candidates, I believe, um, to to enter the program. So, I, I, I took on the I, I took on the job, and uh, with no regrets as well because, uh, honestly speaking, after listening to other graduate programs, uh, by far it is still one of the best uh, uh, rotation programs out there because there are, I've heard of many uh, management trainee programs out there that. Uh, basically just puts you in one department and still call it a management training program or they um, they put you on rotation but generally speaking it's perhaps just one or two right uh, because they also need to balance between the business need and also the the, 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 the development aspect because they, they can't have you keep rotating keep rotating around because that's going to be disruptive uh, and probably not the best for your own development as well in from their perspective right uh, but they opted to do the exact opposite. They sent me to all over the, 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 the bank. And that allowed me to really, really understand how a bank function, right? It allows me, to, uh, as an undergrad in psychology, understand how finance system works, ranging from the branch banking, right? Being in a branch for a couple of weeks, uh, to business banking, to corporate banking, uh, to the supporting functions as well, to operations, to IT, to uh, probably not IT, I think to operations, to uh, Islamic banking was fascinating, um, uh, to audit, right? So I, I get to actually work on a small sample set of audit at a branch. How fascinating is that? Like for, for someone that, uh, that has never, as a first job, it's, it's interesting as heck, right? But let me tell you, from a business perspective, it is probably very expensive to run, I must say, because, you know, uh, because of the amount of uh, rotations that, that you need to go, uh, you probably only stay at certain places for a couple of weeks, uh, sometimes two weeks, you know, the shortest. Uh, and as the recipient, like, as the department, imagine, right, you're working in a full-time job and someone comes to you as a, as a man- young management trainee for just two weeks, what the heck are you going to do with him, right, or her? Uh, uh, it, it's not easy running a program, uh, but as a learner on that program, absolutely fantastic, man. Uh, so after the rotation, I I, I got placed at uh, I got placed at uh, the product team, right? So it was actually the mortgage uh, team. I still remember basically uh, the, the 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 product team that actually uh, of the bank that. Uh, that designs different promotions, that design different uh, structure to be able to kind of uh, promote their version of the, the mortgage product, right? Which is housing loan, essentially. Um, so, was there for a while, made a couple of mistakes over there, uh, wasn't patient, I must say. Uh, and then I decided that, you know what, perhaps this is not the most exciting Com- uh, not company, uh, department for me, right? I decided to really just, you know, dis- uh, to reach out to see whether I could go into HR for a while to, to apply my psychology knowledge, how naive. <laughs> uh, because, you know, the, the, the what you learn in, 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 in degree, uh, it can still be applied, but not in the most direct sense. I'll get to that in a little bit, right? Uh, but really the... 
I I opted to kind of go into uh, the HR department and uh, specifically the department that I got into was uh, you know development and learning right uh, so I was then put in charge straight away to manage the management training program that I graduated from. And I immediately recognized the challenge around going to department to department, really trying to kind of help them to structure the program better, right? Uh, help trying to convince them that, hey, uh, it's part of you getting new talent and you need to, quote unquote, sell your department. You, you, you need to put your best feet forward, right? Uh, and getting the buy-in of all these different bosses as well. Uh, so it was really fun, right? Uh, but, you know, I had my fair share of... Uh, uh, challenges back then as well and uh, I remember questioning myself whether I'm in the right place uh, and this is one of the most profound I guess one of the first career related leadership moment that I had uh, was really bumping into the chief operating officer of uh, Alliance Bank back then his name is Raymond um, he has a very strong heart for uh, young talent development, which is why he is the, uh, you know, sponsor for the program, which basically, you know, people need to, he is overseeing the program to make sure it's running well. Um, uh, but HR is running it, right? Uh, he saw me uh, at this usual bakery that everybody goes to. <laughs> at that point of time, it was near uh, Cap Square uh, in KL, in downtown KL. Uh, I remember that, you know, we were sitting, I was sitting down there, you know, really just, just having my own moment to, to just, you know, even eat, having a cup of coffee and things like that. And he sat down and he said, are you all right? <laughs> I guess I looked like crap back then at that very, at that very moment. And I was nervous because remember, this is my first job, right? I didn't want to get in trouble. At that point of time, I didn't want to sound like I'm ratting my bosses out in my, in my own department as well. Uh, but I thought, you know what? I just want to learn from him. I just, I just thought like, you know what? Screw this. I'm just going to say it. I say like, I, I don't know whether I'm in the right place, right? I told him briefly a little bit about what happened. Um, and then what I realized was he could have really just walked away and not say anything about it, right? And just give me a few words of inspiration or whatever it may be, uh, and go on with his day. He is, after all, running the entire operations of a bank. But I remember that uh, my boss then came to me and, and checked in with me and said, hey, hey uh, how are you and stuff like that. You don't have to worry about you know, being in the wrong place and stuff like that. Um, those words, came from the conversation that I had with him. Those words would not have came out of my, uh, my previous boss's mouth if it's not for the conversation. So he spoke to, he spoke to my, my, my ex-boss. I know that really well. Um, and I thought to myself, you know what? There are good leaders in this organization and that's how you exemplify good leadership. Just by small moments like this, right? Just sitting down with someone, asking them how they are and follow through with it. It probably took him like, 10-15 minutes around just basically just say like, hey you know someone under you just felt like he looked like he looked terrible perhaps and you know maybe you should check in with him maybe that's all he did right uh, but it meant so much to me really and I kept in touch with him uh, uh, sorry I, re I reconnected with him much later on 
and he still gave me time. Um, so I, I must really thank him for that first leadership moment, right? Um, so after that, uh, I decided that it's time to move on and uh, someone referred me into, uh, into Accenture, which is uh, where I spent the bulk of my career. And Accenture is a, for those of you who don't know, it's a consulting company. Uh, it's publicly listed as well uh, in, the, in the US. Uh, while during my time over there, the, uh, uh, you know, we, I did a bunch of stuff ranging from uh, HR-related projects all the way to really just very tech-based kind of uh, projects as well. So I used the, uh, the angle of being in HR in learning and development to then at the right time, at the right opportunity, I think there was a project that is related to uh, an IT-based company, but they were looking into how do they uh, develop uh, their, their, their people as well. So uh, they got me on. And the first project that I went to, I met really amazing leaders as well. Uh, and it's one of those uh, career moments where uh, I truly believe everything happens for a reason. Because uh, frankly, yeah, my... my, my my confidence was uh, quite uh, affected uh, in in uh, in my in the in the banking career, and immediately going into this uh, career, uh, this this particular project, uh, it picked me up really, and largely by and large by the leaders that uh, was there to really support me and guide me. Right, so uh, shout out to Adeline, Shelley, and Yiche for being amazing. Uh, leaders and seniors to me uh, and you know it, that the, the second career moment uh, leadership moment was really that uh, I remember Adeline which is the, uh, the the project manager back then uh, you know she was so tough on the issue but so gentle on the person uh, she defended the team in front of the client and uh, and really genuinely showed me that, you know, you can be uh, someone that people look up to, but, but at the same time, you know, you've, you can build relationship with them because uh, that's how you can build uh, great engagement and, you know, motivate people to move forward, right? Um, and throughout the six years, I met even more amazing uh, uh, leader, leaders, right? Um, I can't name all of them. Uh, I don't want this to be, uh, you know, dropping names where you don't recognize. But I must, you know, mention a few. <laughs> uh, you know, shout out Chun Hao as well to, to teach me so many uh, different things around how, how to lead the team and also how to actually execute really, really well uh, along the years as well. Um, shout out to, to another Adeline that, you know, reminded me to, uh, to, to stay in the moment, right? To, to, to not be overwhelmed and to be too hard on myself. Uh, that was extremely important because that was one of the most uh, challenging projects I ever had. Uh, but throughout this career of mine in Accenture, what I realized that helped uh, was being able to uh, learn really fast, right? There is a Harvard Business Review article around consulting. For those of you who are very fascinated about consulting as a... As a uh, as a career and don't know, don't quite know what it is, right? Because if you ask any of your consulting friends, they will find it very difficult to explain to you what it is. 
trust me, until today, probably I still have some difficulty in explaining it uh, without having the person to go to you like, huh? <laughs> but generally speaking, you just got to learn how to master a particular area enough and to be able to project that learning and that, that, that subject matter expertise to your client to be able to solve a problem in different domains very, very quickly, right? So the Harvard Business Review article talk about learning agility and be able to have, to take on that risk to fail at any moment that you, uh, that you might be called a fraud, right? It's not to say that all consultants are n actually not subject, ma subject matter experts. There obviously are so many of them who are uh, you know, bona fide experts in their field. But a lot of times where, you know, us, the, the, the value that we bring to the table as consultants is really being able to have that very sharp critical thinking skills and project and solving skills, uh, you know, problem solving skills and project management skills to the table. Uh, when the organization is preoccupied with a lot of the different priorities, there's just not enough firepower to be able to propel the organization to a certain direction that they choose, right? Uh, so what we bring to the table is really to be able to be the second brain or the third brain, if you will. Uh, but what that mean, really means is that, you know, we constantly need to learn different aspects, right? So I guess throughout the years, being able to be to stay curious about various different uh, areas, including tech, was very valuable because uh, we do consult a lot in tech. One of the projects that I did was really that uh, to be part of was really to be able to implement uh, an, an analytics project, right, an analytics solution to uh, to our client, right. So it was a, a first in class thing in a, in in a lot of ways because they were actually. Uh, trying to find out how do we actually then uh, balance supply and demand uh, in, a, in, a, in a particular industry, right? Which I can't you know, say publicly. Uh, but it was really that they were having so many problems in, uh, in a natural, uh, for, with this particular nat uh, natural resource. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's absolutely a lot of incentives to keep producing. Uh, but how do you then, you know, balance it out with the demand price, right? Because uh, of the various contracts that were done along the supply chain. Uh, so being able to uh, be fascinated and be, continue to be curious about how machine learning actually works, right? How, how do data scientists actually test their hypothesis uh, becomes a very valuable curiosity or learning point that I have. Uh, so to, to be able to just uh, understand various concepts just enough uh, helped me in my, in my career to be able to then articulate uh, the, uh, what we want to achieve to the client and be able to really just then go to their colleagues to be able to convince them that this is the way forward, right? Uh, you know, what part of the learning in the consulting career was really that uh, the biggest challenge to transformation or any kind of big changes uh, which is a fancy, transformation is a fancy word for, for big changes really, uh, is the people, right? Uh, you've got to find the path of least resistance and to be able to find allies and champions on your side. Uh, that's a big part of the, the, the work that we do uh, you know, in the consulting career. And, and that's basically uh, it, right? Being able to tell stories really well, right? Being able to uh, make something that is visually, visually compelling uh, in the form of PowerPoint slides, and because that's that's why you keep saying you keep you keep hearing these things around, like you know, consultants are nothing but <laughs> but people who like who can do pretty slides. But that's not true. That's just part of the story uh, to captivate your attention out of your eight hours workday, right? 
to pay attention to our slides for that five seconds, it means a lot because we've got your attention and now you've got to listen to us, right? Uh, so, so being able to actually tell the story well is uh, under, under, underrated, really, right? So, yeah, the PowerPoint slides is perhaps in certain cases, uh, um, you know, uh, had a bad rep, right? Uh, but in the work that we do, I do, I do find that there is still value to be able to tell a story, right? Uh, yes, you can tell stories without slides, but uh, being able to tell it to a big audience, sometimes having a visual aid is uh, what it is. It's basically how you use it. Um, so being able to uh, appreciate how different concepts come together, right? So I think if you're just starting to want to go into consulting and you have you know nothing about tech uh but you but you use a lot of tech right uh perhaps start from there right how does how does a smartphone connect to the cloud right uh a lot of us take it for granted right icloud dropbox google drive how does it work uh you know how does the database work how does cloud storage work um how does streaming works right um those are the different basic concepts that you can, if you, if you can get behind how a database works and how does uh, an app actually work, right? Translate an, uh, an interaction that you have with a piece of tech into something that you see on a screen, uh, be it on a web page or an app and stuff like that, that's a good place to start, really. Um, because, you know, what, what, we, what you will realize, uh, even in a tech job, uh, which I'll touch upon uh, in, in a bit, is that you know you need to be able to understand how does all these things translate into the the service or the app or the uh, or the product that you are using. I think that's very important, regardless of uh, you know which industry you're going to be in, because at the end of the day, uh, I think we're just only going to get more digital if you haven't realized already, right? <laughs> um, you know, it's everything from you know uh, generative AI like ChatGPT or whatever not. Um, so after doing six to seven years of that, you know, learning a lot from uh, various leaders, I, I looked at other leaders in the organization and thought to myself, perhaps it's time um, for me to move on because uh, I wanted to answer a few questions for myself. Namely, can I build something, uh, you know, either by my own or to join someone, uh, you know, at the very beginning? That's number one. And number two, can I, create the, can I create a very interesting workplace for people to work, right? Great culture, um, great, you know, people just want to show up to work. Um, the third thing is really, can we do good and do well at the same time, right? These are probably the three main questions that I wanted to answer for myself. Um, honestly, I wasn't, um, you know, actively looking, although I was curious about a few interviews in there and, you know, a mutual friend of mine, um, Say that hey, you know, there's a uh, someone is starting a, a a mental health startup. You know, would be would you be interested to kind of really take a look at it? And you know, they were looking for a C-suite level. I'm thinking to myself like C-suite level. You gotta be kidding me. I, uh, you know, I, I was I only had about ten years of working experience at that point of time. Shy, I think shy of ten years at that point of time. Um, I can't do this, right? What do I know? Um, you know, then. Obviously, my friend Douglas, he, he, he's, he's been in the entrepreneurial space and uh, a social impact space for a long time. And he said, like, hey, you know what? You need to give yourself more credit. You, you, you literally advise us on so many different things. I, I think you can do it, right? 
went for the interview, um, met the founder several times, uh, you know, and she'll probably like still joke about how uh, she took a long time to convince me. But hey, you know, I was taking a leap of faith as well. It was joining a really, really small startup and, and taking a, a big pay cut to join. Uh, it's a big investment cost, uh, sorry, opp- opportunity cost, right, to, to, uh, to join, right? Um, later on, I found out that, you know, uh, I was up against some people who was very experienced. Uh, but perhaps because you know I was at a at a juncture where you know I'm I'm still quite hands on, uh, and you know, being at that level where you know I'm senior enough, I'm still quite hands on, uh, and uh, being able to kind of contribute quite quite quickly, right? So I think that was probably one of the uh, one of the reasons why I I've managed to kind of land land the job as well, um, and largely also because of the. Uh, my background really in psychology and also in tech, right? The combination of both uh, allowed me to actually jump into it. Um, so dive in head first, right? Um, so when when I went in, we were launching our first corporate corporate client quite immediately. I needed to kind of figure out what is missing as well. Um, and because we are only a few person team, uh, literally a handful. Uh, there were quite a lot of things that were not there yet, right? You know, we're just starting out. It's it's quite normal for that phase. I quickly realized that I was, uh, uh, you know, really just having flashback of all the different episodes uh, of learning throughout the, the past six years of my career, right? Everything from uh, translate translating user requirement to uh, basically whatever you need from a user perspective into the tech related stuff, getting getting working with the uh, the software engineers, work the website, right? Uh, you know all those years of, of playing with uh, WordPress, Blogspot, you know those kind of stuff. You know suddenly had to resurface, figure out why the heck did our email go into spam? You know. Uh, figuring out how do you actually dissect stuff uh, from the dashboard that we have, figuring out d- different aspects of analytics from the back end, right? That you normally don't see from a consumer app, right? Obviously, we were, we were launching it to a corporate client, but at the end of the day, there's quite a number of end users as well. Um, you're translating those, those, those requirements, right? And uh, that was heck of a ride, really, because, you know, for the very first time, I'm testing the actual... Uh, uh, mobile app, you know, on our phone, uh, and you know, really just testing every single button and trying to find ways to break it, and <laughs> it, it kind of did break in a few areas, uh, as expected because you know we were so 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 lean and young back then. Uh, so managed to work. that was really fun, you know, having having uh, you know, obviously supported by uh, one of my colleagues, uh, first few colleagues as well, uh, which you know. I'm gonna have her on a show as well to kind of share some of her experience as well. Shout out to Nubs. Uh, to be able to really just uh, work those problems out, heck of exciting, right? Uh, because in a big organization, you don't quite see the impact quite quickly. Uh, the, the impact radius is not as big as well because you are kind of like a drop in the ocean. Whereas in a startup, your impact radius is big. Uh, you can see the impact quite immediately. Um, but I'm not gonna lie, in the past few, in, a, in, in the first one or two years in, in, in uh, you know, serving as a chief operating officer, there's a lot of imposter syndrome going in. Um, people start congratulating me. Wow, you're a C-suite now and things like that. I used to start thinking to myself, ah, it's a small company or whatever not. Uh, and I still remember, you know, one of the conversations I had with, with, with the founder back then was really that um, I wanted to be comfortable in my own skin, in this title. Uh, I want to be comfortable with it by the end of the year. Um, 
didn't quite get fully there, but I think by year two, uh, year two or year and a half, I think I, I was getting there because I was I started to make a lot more decisions and started to work on bigger and bigger things as you as you expected as a from a from a startup perspective, right? So I ranging everything from, uh, building the first ever uh insurer partnership with AIA uh, Malaysia, where you know they are offering it as a uh corporate insurance uh, uh benefit, right? Uh, for the very first time. Uh, you are getting preventive mental health services as part of the corporate insurance plan. It's, n- it's not been done in Asia before and we still, until today, it, it is probably the, 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 the proudest achievement uh, that, that, that we have, right? Um, that is probably the, uh, the most exciting part, right? Um, but to get there, was, there's a lot of trial and errors, there's a lot of ups and downs, you know, there, there are a lot of uh, self-doubt moments, um, you know, disagreements, uh, you know, a lot of uh, really not sure whether you're doing the right thing for the first time because we are, this is my first startup, this is my first time as a C-level, uh, making a lot of uh, business decisions, big and small ones as well, right? Um, so, the, um, but the, I guess the biggest learning from, from uh, as, as part of jumping in from a kind of like a more conventional, if you call consulting conventional, was really that it was way more fast-paced than I thought it was. Uh, and it's so much more consuming than, than I thought it was. But uh, I think people can see that I'm more fulfilled. People can see that I am um, you know, more excited about my job. Uh, but of course, uh, I think one of the learnings is really that you know, I, I thought I was taking, a, a, taking good care of myself by pacing myself, but, it, uh, but eventually I needed to take a career break as well. Uh, so you know, trying to kind of relearn this entire um, uh, balance as well, right? Uh, it's not easy being uh, uh, working in a in a mental health company, but noticing that you know your your own health is uh, is affected as well, and you needed to really just uh, you know walk the talk as well. So that's that's not easy. Uh, but it took a long time to 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 to, get, to come to come to this conclusion. Um, but you know, back to that three questions, right? Um, um, have I answered them partially? Did I find more questions? Heck yeah. Uh, but I am convinced that you can do good and do well at the same time. Uh, I am convinced that you can actually create uh, a place with uh, good culture, good engagement level, uh, just by doing the right thing and being able to really just you know, walk the talk as, as, as leaders. Right? Um, so I think it reinforced a lot of learnings that I have in the past few years. I'm looking forward to sharing more of that as well in terms of, you know, what are the, uh, the, the, the I guess, the funny stories and the challenging stories that, uh, that I've learned over the years as well, right? Um, so, yeah, I think that's probably going to be it for, I guess, my journey so far. I hope that's helpful in terms of how I kind of, like, make the jump. Um, I guess to conclude around how did I ended up in a tech job is a combination of a couple of things, right, that... Uh, first of all, I think uh, is continuously being curious in different areas. I think um, being a generalist when you're not sure whether you're technical or not, if you're wondering whether you're technical or whether you have technical knowledge or not, you probably don't have. <laughs> uh, I might be wrong, but generally speaking, that's, that's kind of how it is, right? If you, if you wonder whether you have a technical skill, um, you probably don't. So the best way, in my opinion, is really to... Uh, to continue to try different things, right? To be a generalist and, you know, uh, embrace that, 
right? At the end of the day, there will be one area that uh, if you, they, they talk about the T-shaped thing, right? Uh, where, you know, you, you learn as broad as possible and then you go deep in one area. Uh, but if you're not able to go like a long T, like this long, right? Uh, like this long for those of you who are listening, then, you know, still having an inclination towards one area is a good place to start, right? Being able to realize that you have a broad base, there are certain areas that you are going to be, you have a little bit more knowledge than, than the average person out there will be good, right? But you don't really have to kind of kill yourself over really trying to kind of cover up your weaknesses or to be able to really just go really, really deep in one area unless it is required of a job and you really want to go into that area, right? So generally speaking, um, you know, I find that the, the, the more senior you become or the, 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 the further you climb in your career ladder, the less technical you have to be. Um, uh, so, you know, being able to be curious was how I kind of like ended up where I am, right? I'm in my early third, uh, I'm sorry, mid-30s now. Uh, I, I, think, I, I, I think that if you ask anybody in terms of my career trajectory, they would tend to say that, hey, it's relatively, uh, relatively okay and relatively fast as well. Um, so um, that's kind of how I, how, how I did that, right? Um, and in terms of, uh, you know, being able to land in a tech job to kind of like pivot, um, I tend to want to draw upon this lesson that uh, was, taught to, was taught to me uh, by, by one of our leaders in Accenture, uh, which is Viming. He, he kind of like saying, saying things like building your skill sets or your learning. It's kind of like painting a picture using that, 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 that dotted style. Right? I can't remember what that art style is, but you're trying like just painting a picture using just dots, like just, just dotting, trying to kind of paint a full picture with just dots, right? Uh, but the question is really how do you then... Uh, uh, paint uh, a picture without needing to go to go to the opposite corners of the the picture, right? But really, just painting adjacent picture uh, dots to the current cluster of dots that you already have. Um, I think by chance and also by design, I'm able to uh, paint dots that are adjacent, right? Uh, so from Basically, from me uh, starting, a, my first thought was basically in psychology, and then my general interest in tech pointed a few dots here and there, but didn't quite know how to connect it, right? Uh, and then, because of psychology, I went into HR, right? Uh, that's another dot that I thought, like, perhaps I can do that. Uh, and then, uh, a tech-based kind of, like, consulting company or majorly focused in tech, they do, obviously, non-tech stuff as well. Uh, but point being that uh, they had a HR-based project that it, they could use my help. Right, uh, so I ended up there. So that's another adjacent dot, and then uh, this opportunity came along uh, in uh, in a digital mental health startup where it's tech psychology uh, and also organizational uh, services. Right, so those dots kind of connected for me. Um, so that's kind of how I ended up there. Uh, so being able to really just find adjacent dots or collect skills or exposures or volunteer, volunteering is a good way to uh, you know, rack up those adjacent dots as well. Um, generally, it's quite a good way to, to, to do that as well. Um, I think there's always a, a, a switching cost involved. Uh, so you have to be cognizant that there is going to be some cost that you need to pay, be it financially, opportunity, time, uh, all resources, you know, those are some 
there will be some t switching costs that is going to be involved, uh, generally speaking, because of you transitioning. Obviously, if you find a place that is going to be investing in you, please, please, please take that opportunity. Uh, uh, but generally speaking, I think that's, that's, that's going to be switching costs involved, right? Um, right. So that's kind of how I ended up in a, in a tech job by studying psychology, right? So I think that's going to be it for episode one. Thank you so much for listening. If you're going to be still, if you're still here, thank you so much for listening to this first episode. This, uh, and I'll see you in the next one.